Sometimes we really just need to chill the F out. I mean, this year has been absolutely crazy. So I would even say this year, more so than ever, we really need to learn how to chill the F out and just learn ways to calm down when everything around us is hectic, stressful, and scary. Life is hard, no matter if you suffer from anxiety or depression or if you've been clinically diagnosed with any other mental health struggle. At the end of the day, we all experience at least some level of stress that may impact our day-to-day well-being or even in the longer term, our health and well-being. This week, I spoke with Stacey Benaroya, otherwise known as the NYC therapist, about certain techniques we can use to just take a step back and calm down. This episode is sponsored by Anchor and Strive Coffee. You can use the code ENDORPHINS for 10% off of your coffee order. Stacy is a New York City-based licensed psychodynamic therapist, coach, and business owner. As a fellow anxious millennial, Stacy is extremely passionate about helping young adults heal through emotional wounds in therapy and is coaching clients to help them chill the F out through major life transitions. You can follow Stacy on Instagram at the NYC therapist and at quarter life companion. Thank you so much, Stacy, for coming on to the podcast today. I'd love to start out by asking a question that I pose to every single guest that comes on to Everyday Endorphins. What is something that brings you a bit of endorphins every day? I love that question. And thank you so much for having me. And I think this conversation right now is bringing me some endorphins, um, just chatting with someone who's like-minded and who's passionate about mental health. Um, that is something I'm really passionate about and, and always sparks interest and in conversation. Yeah, well, thank you. And I'm, I'm so excited to get into our conversation today. It's a really weird time that we're all going through. And no matter what kind of ways that you cope with mental health issues or anxiety or what whatnot, it's so important to acknowledge that we all are dealing with everyday stresses and it's important to just learn ways to chill out. And I think this is a great, you know, segue into talking about some anxiety and stress management tools. I think that um anxiety is part of life and and we start to realize that in in college, right? When we're out on our own and it kind of hits us in the face. I think that maybe as kids we don't necessarily have a word for it. Right. If something feels off, um, maybe we do, maybe we don't. But we don't really learn about like anxiety and ways to cope with anxiety in school. Like I remember yeah. class, but I don't remember learning, you know, meditation. I think they're getting better. I think they're teaching like meditation and mindfulness. They're bringing that into physical education classes and health classes, which is amazing. But I don't I didn't get any of that. Yeah, no, it's definitely like, well, yeah, as you mentioned, like, I think it's being taught more so now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, as a kid, like we never really had a concept or an understanding of meditation or could label the feelings, maybe the physical sensations that we'd feel if we're feeling anxious or stressed. Absolutely. And I think that we, you know, we, with therapy becoming more and more normalized and destigmatized, not that there's not still a stigma, but I think that it's become 
um, something that's so much more commonplace and something that people even are excited to talk about or like brag about like, yeah, like this is what my therapist told me. Whereas in the past, it was something to really keep hush hush. And there was a lot of shame associated with talking and bringing problems outside the family. So our generation is is kind of like, you know, we're, we're going through um, a process of understanding ourselves and our histories and, and how to manage anxiety and depression. Not that it has to be um, like a clinical diagnosis, but I think that we're all going to be faced with challenges in life and hard days and the uncertainty and struggles and um, big life transitions and loss in some way, shape or form. And so to know how to take care of ourselves during that time is, it's so important. Otherwise we can really feel like we're falling apart. And I know that when I had my first panic attack, my first semester of college, that's, that's how it felt. Like I was falling apart and I wasn't prepared. Yeah. And I love how you brought up the point, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a clinical diagnosis of anxiety or depression to experience feeling stressed out or feeling anxious because the nature of life is challenging. You know, we're constantly going through changes, whether or not we are consciously experiencing them. And so I, that's why I think it's so important to have a toolkit or have, you know, the ability to know certain practices or techniques that can help you calm down and and just chill out for a second. It's so important. It's so important. And I think that, you know, it, it's something that um, everyone kind of like knows that they need. Like, wouldn't it be nice to know how to how to, how to soothe ourselves through the stress. And it doesn't mean that it, it takes away the stress and the problems and that they don't exist and that, you know, therapy isn't still important or medication sometimes. But um, for some, you know, some people, it, you know, these, these tools and techniques to breathe and, and relax the nervous system can be enough. Yeah. And would you also say that maybe in addition to meditation or mindfulness practices, there are other ways we can just calm ourselves down a bit if we're feeling caught up in a moment? Absolutely. There are, I think, so many ways to work through emotions and it's all about finding what works for you and what works for you in that moment. Um, But to know that you have like a specific set of tools that you can kind of like go to, it's empowering. I remember the first time I learned how to do diaphragmatic abdominal breathing and really experiencing the feelings of relaxation. And to know that I had that in my back pocket, I mean, that held me over. (laughs) Yeah. Is that kind of like ujjayi breathing, if I'm pronouncing that right? So that's the um, like ocean breathing where you're um, like really, which is wonderful. And I, I kind of I definitely combine both. Diaphragmatic breathing focuses on breathing with the the diaphragm. So when you're inhaling, your your belly is rising. And when you're exhaling, your belly falls. And it's much more about breathing um, from that part of your body rather than like from your chest. Right. And, and it's actually something like, I don't know if you've ever, you can think of like seeing like a baby. Babies breathe that way naturally. Like if you can think of a little baby and like an instant, like their tummy's going in and out, right? We, yeah. we, we actually, you know, started out breathing like that. And it's, it's the way that um, it's, it's 
innate and it's it's intuitive and we can all access it mm-hmm. but it does take time and practice because we lose that it's interesting because the way maybe babies breathe is so innate like we were born to breathe in that certain way but as we grow older we kind of lose sight of that I think and to an earlier point you've made like it's so important to self-soothe as young little babies and kids we're we find ways or there's certain mechanisms that are in place that help us to automatically just try to self-soothe but when we grow older we lose sight of how to do that it maybe it manifests itself differently as we grow older it doesn't I think, come quite as naturally, maybe. No, it doesn't. And I, like, why is that? Like, why does it not come naturally? Maybe <laughs> we just have, like, a different concept of, like, the world that we're living in, I guess, as you get older. I think that there's, you know, it has so much to do with, like, our cognitive development um, and the ability to, like, think abstractly and and go internal and think about your thoughts and um, that just changes so much of your experience about the world. Mm-hmm. And that happens around middle school. That's why middle school could be so tough. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also like coming back to the breath, I'm so fascinated by how powerful certain breathing techniques can be because when you really do focus on your breath and Breathe, breathe very intentionally, you're physiologically altering what's going on in your body. So your heart rate will decrease. And by decreasing your heart rate, maybe those like feelings of anxiety that are just kind of like lingering in the back of your mind, just go away by just simply by decreasing your heart rate through the act of breathing. Yeah. I mean, when we when our our bodies feel anxiety, right? When our heart rate is fast, when our blood pressure is up, it it can increase the worried thoughts. Um, it can increase the ability to to go into our heads and want to escape from our bodies. And so, coming into the body and and soothing the body and regulating the nervous system, it's it's a really powerful tool, right? Fight or flight is so innate and it's built into us. So anxiety is kind of like built into us. It's a good thing that we do get stressed when certain things happen. Um, it, it allows us to respond quickly, right? And um, in the face of like danger, yeah. Um, to like step on the brakes if we're, you know, if we're defensively driving and and um, that kind of like response that goes through you when you're faced with such, um, you know, that's like a really, uh, I guess, intense example of like when your survival instincts might kick in, but you can go into that fight or flight state just from hearing the news that like the CDC is restricting traveling. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I found out about that yesterday, I think, um, you know, CDC restricting travel for Thanksgiving, I was like, oh my God, like, it's not just my university that's saying, hey, we don't really think it's smart for you to travel, or at least if you're going home, stay home. It's the entire nation. (laughs) And that's really scary. And I think uh, I was actually talking about this the other day with some friends, the fact that we're in November right now, and COVID is worse now than it was in March, right when we thought, you know, things were getting really serious. Trump had issued the travel ban then. It just feels like it's kind of, you know, never ending. And I think that's a really scary thought to process. And it's really hard to look forward to things when there's a lack of hope. 
it's really hard to look forward right now to to know exactly when this is going to end. And I think right now, like particularly, right, today's Friday, November 20th, we might remember this date. Um, we are at a day like we were in March, right around March 11th, 12th, 13th. We all remember those days. We remember those days where this went from being something like, oh, I don't think it's going to be a big deal or much to worry about to a pandemic to um, non-essential work, you know, to p- being told like work from home if you can, at least in New York City, mm-hmm. which is where I was when this all started. So I think like, New Yorkers definitely at least remember the day, you know, that, those days in March. Um, and it's really triggering right now to be at a time where, we feel those, we, we were very reminded that mm-hmm. uh, something similar is about to happen. And there's a lot of anticipation about that. Even though we know it's going to be different this time around, we're still activated. It's still stressful. Yeah, I'm in my early 20s. I'm 21. I feel like the the 20s are supposed to be an exciting time of your life where you're meeting new people, you're finishing up college, you're in your first job. And I feel like those early years at the least, you know, are being kind of robbed for me for a lack of better words. Maybe I'm going through a quarter midlife crisis right now. And I know you've recently launched Quarter Life Companion. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what Quarter Life Companion is and what inspired you to start that. I love it. And I think that's a great segue. Um, (laughs) So I love working with with people in their 20s. I have a private psychotherapy practice that um, where I work primarily with with 20 something year olds, maybe early 30 year olds, really that postgraduate to pre baby era when you're you're out of college and, and you're starting to make it on your own, but you haven't quite started a family yet. And there's so much that happens during those years between becoming, you know, financially independent, which is happening maybe like later and later now, especially with the pandemic um, and and maybe like entry into the workforce being a little bit delayed um, to, you know, people knowing that if they want a family to to wanting to find right, like the love of their life, someone that they can see themselves having children with, but also wanting to. Um, you know, enjoy all that's out there and really learning like who they are and what they like. And and so the 20s are are such an exciting time. And I know they can also be a really stressful time. And as someone who who has anxiety but didn't really recognize my anxiety until college, um, I'm I'm so passionate about helping this age group. I know that I went through a quarter life crisis, right? Not exactly at age 25, right? If we're like thinking of like, you know, zero to a hundred, but, but it's something that I think everyone kind of goes through to some extent. If you, you know, say like the crisis is some sort of like, who am I and how do I do this? And am I going to figure all of this out? And is it going to be okay? Yeah, that's a great point who am I? That's a, that's a question I feel like we're all asking ourselves every day, especially now, because with the change in our day-to-day life right now, it feels like our schedules are completely flipped upside down. And there's a lack of maybe like purpose for, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing with my time right now, you know, just thinking in terms of 
the college experience in my, my last year of college. Um, That's and so stressful. Like how stress inducing is that to be in your last year of college and, and have so much, you know, not to stress you out, but like, I can only imagine. Yeah. And, and also like with the job market being not so great right now, like, as you've mentioned, there's all these stresses that I think people in my grade or, you know, in my age group are feeling right now. It's, it's interesting because obviously these four years of college pose so many challenges and exciting opportunities and just a lot of like growth opportunity, but that doesn't stop, you know, once you graduate, as you've mentioned, there's, you know, finding your first job, moving to a new city, looking for, uh, um, so, you know, someone to be with finding, like figuring out what you want in a romantic partner, all these different factors come into play. And I think, you know, it's so important to have companionship in these really challenging times. Relationships are so important. They're so important. And if we want to bring our full and authentic self into a relationship and, you know, not project like our stuff onto the relationship and be able to sit with the discomfort of being vulnerable and setting boundaries and the unknown in relationships, then it's really important to um, kind of like figure out what works for us to get through that discomfort and and the discomfort doesn't stop right like after that quarter life crisis it's not like you get through it and you're like okay I figured it all out and life is um I'm I'm all set now I think there's always going to be challenges but um I'm really grateful that I have the tools I have now as I, you know, approach my 30th birthday and, you know, and, and think about starting a family in the next couple of years, um, I think that I'm going to need them. And I think that they could have helped me out earlier too. I wish I knew them sooner. Yeah. And, you know, going off of that, I'm wondering if, what would you tell yourself in your early twenties you know, if you had one piece of advice to give yourself when you were in college, you'd experience your first panic attack. What would you say to reassure that, you know, things are going to be okay? A great question, right? Like if I had told myself it's all going to be okay, I don't think I would have believed it. I don't think that's, that's good. I think that like, if we think that can say like, yeah, it's all going to be okay. Well, that's not very reassuring because it doesn't feel okay at the time. Um, if I was to, to, tell my early 20 self something. Taking care of myself will be the most important thing I learn how to do. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think, especially in college, we're learning how to take care of ourselves. We're learning how to put ourselves first and be selfish in the best way possible in a way that will enable us to be better people in a way that we'll be able to show up for others because we're showing up for ourselves first. Exactly. Yeah. And I know with Quarter Life Companion, you have an Instagram account right now that's launched around Quarter Life Companion and you're releasing um, the Chill the F Out guide. And yeah, the so that's already available, actually. Um, that's like a little starter guide to chilling the F out. You get a checklist and um, some other cool things. If you download that, that link is in my bio. And I think that, um, you know, we'll, I go more in depth into the like actual how to in my coaching program, um, but that's a really great place to get started and think about 
what sparks my interest? What might I want to try? I think a lot of people know like meditation, yoga, relaxation practices. These would be good for me, but like, it's not really my thing or I've tried it and I, I, it wasn't for me. It didn't work for me. And that, and that might be true. Um, but it could also mean that it was just not presented in, in like a relatable way or in a way where it clicked or at a time that it would click. I know for me, like I discovered yoga during graduate school. Had I, do I wish I discovered it earlier? Absolutely. Because I think being able to connect my my mind to my body, which is what I was starting to learn with the deep breathing, um, but it became more powerful with the movement expression in yoga. Um, I think that really helped me to, to connect to like who I am and, and what I wanted and really like what it was that I was, that was there under the surface. That's great. And especially with yoga, I, <laughs> I love yoga. <laughs> anyone who listens probably knows this or anyone who knows me well knows that I'm obsessed with yoga. And I think I was really fortunate to have done it with my mom when I was like nine years old. Like she would take me with her to the classes she'd go to. And of course, you know, as a kid, like you don't really want to do what your mom tells you what to do. So I would always be like, Oh, like, I don't want to go. But then as time passed, (laughs) I actually appreciated the practice. And I'm really thankful that she did like drag me to these classes with her. Um, it it actually became very enjoyable for me. Um, enjoyable for you. Oh, um, I would have to say, when I started to realize that it was really enjoyable, it was high school, like mm-hmm. freshman year, probably. Um, how did you, I, how did yeah. you like know it was for you at that point? I, so I was a competitive rower in high school and I started rowing my freshman year and I did it all throughout until the end of my senior year. So when I would go to yoga, it was a space for me to still get in some physical activity, but to give my body a rest mm-hmm. from the rigorous workouts we do at the boathouse. And when I would come to the mat, like at my yoga studio, it was a space where I could really decompress and like give back to my body Mm -hmm. and just find a space where I could be still and just carve out some time for myself, like away from the stress of high school, away from the stress of uh, relationships, friends, rowing, all of that. And I think coming to the mat and doing it for myself. Like I would love practicing on my own. And then I would try to like get some friends to do it with me. And then it became more of a social activity, which was great. But when I would, you know, go alone, I just loved doing it by myself. It was very relaxing for me. And probably really empowering too, when mm-hmm. you realized what it was doing for you. Yeah. And I think um, then, especially like I've kept it up throughout college, I would make a point to go at least once a week, uh, every every week throughout like the entirety of college and getting off campus, especially like as a freshman and sophomore in college and going to a yoga studio, feeling like I was more like more of a person, like a part of the St. Louis community rather than just a student at WashU was really important to me. And probably built like some of your social connections too, because, you know, you just see different faces. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I got to see 
faces of actual adults, not just like 18 to 22 year old people. I I got to see older adults. And um, I mean, even in like the smaller things, like going to a coffee shop off campus, you see a young kid with her parents, like you, you feel like you're kind of like a person again, because you're outside of like the bubble of just college. But um, yeah, I mean, it was so good for me, I think in college to just get off campus and do something for myself. Um, yeah, I don't but think I, I did that at all in college. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I got off campus much. And so I think like, you know, afterwards, I really, um, I don't, I don't know that I would have tried yoga in, in college. And, and that could partially be because like my mom didn't introduce me to it. I wasn't familiar with it at all. Um, but I also think I might've like been judgy towards it and been like, oh, you know, that's not enough of like a workout mm-hmm. or I, I don't think that like, I don't believe that like it actually helps with stress. I don't see how that can actually be beneficial or it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't like holding the poses. I don't mm-hmm. get it. You know, that's a great point. Cause that's so much of what I've heard from friends who I've tried to introduce yoga to like, oh, if I really want to work out, I'll just go for a run, which, okay, fine. Like that's a different type of workout. And it's also like, well, what are you looking for out of your yoga practice? And I think something, especially with yoga, like you can't force it. You can't force that epiphany to occur. You just kind of have to trust in the practice. (laughs) It might sound kind of cliche, but um, it really is so special. And, you know, I'm glad that you found it in grad school. Because I don't, it's never too late to start practicing. No, it never is. And I, you know, that's why like, it's part of my like chill the F out guide, my chill the fuck out checklist that, um, you know, move your body and, and, you know, some like gentle movement and gentle stretching to connect to your body, but it's not the only part, right? Mm -hmm. It's not the only thing I'm promoting because I, I would never want to force anything, but I really want to hopefully make some things relatable that weren't so relatable for me. Um, I guess like in college or after college and get people curious. Yeah, definitely. And I think also something important to note is yoga as much as I love it. And as much as I, you know, I'm a huge advocate for all the benefits it can provide, like maybe it's not for everyone and that's fine. It's really about finding what works for you, as you've mentioned. And um, and trusting that and using those tools, feeling empowered to know that you have practices you can come back to when you feel caught up in a moment. And um, I also know that you're releasing the magical morning guide for non-morning people, which I love because so not, <laughs> it's, it's hard to be a morning person. I'd love to hear more, maybe like a sneak preview about sure. how non-morning people can enjoy the mornings. <laughs> I think that the mornings are a really special time to connect to ourselves, to chill the fuck out. And it's part of my, um, you know, it's, it's part of my daily practice. Not every day, right? Sometimes I miss it. Sometimes I miss it, but I know that on the days I miss it, I need to set some time aside at some point to slow down um, because typically the morning is, is the slowest time, right? It's the quietest time, the sun's first coming up. And so I don't, you know, I don't say that like people need to have a very strict routine necessarily. I don't necessarily promote that, but I know that for me, part of, part of managing my anxiety and stress has to do with uh, getting up early and connecting to my body before I start the day. Yeah. Do you like to work out in the morning or you do just like to be up? 
Not necessarily. It's not like always about working out. Like it could be. And I think that's kind of like the last step of the guide, like get going, you know, and now it's time to do what you want to do. This is really like going to be, I think, helpful for people that are interested in, in becoming a morning person, um, giving yourself things to look forward to in the morning, right? Like once something is pleasurable, you right like yoga eventually became pleasurable for you and you looked forward to it and you wanted to do it and so once I realized that I liked the mornings and I liked that time it didn't make it it doesn't make it so hard when it's you know when I wake up tired I'm gonna wake up tired regardless yeah exactly and I think even even like just waking up early knowing that no one's awake also makes me feel a bit better because I feel like I have time for myself to just get done what I need to do. And also like, I love breakfast. (laughs) Like it's my favorite. (laughs) It's absolutely my favorite meal type of food. So I wake up excited to have my breakfast every morning. Mm -hmm. And that helps you get out of bed in the morning. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I think, you know, as you've, as you've just mentioned too, having that space for yourself in the morning can also really help decrease anxiety or stress because you're getting a jump start to your day. Mm-hmm. I think it makes it can make you feel a bit more accomplished or productive or boost your self-esteem because you feel like you're actually doing something instead of just sleeping in really late and then the day kind of escapes you, especially with daylight savings. The sun sets so early now. I really want to maximize the time that I do have to spend with sunlight outside. So waking up a bit earlier follows, you know, the the schedule of nature, I guess. <laughs> and I will say there's something really cool about waking up when it's dark outside. I think you, you know, it, it feels like, okay, well, everyone else is sleeping. This is kind of like extra time. And now that the sun is going to start rise, like with daylight savings time, it's, it's starting to rise a little earlier now, but that's going to, it's going to stop soon. The days are, are going to get longer, I guess. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I appreciate that time when like I wake up at 645 and it's still, or like 615 maybe, and it's Mm -hmm. still dark out. And then I get to watch the sunrise. It's, it's a really sacred time and it feels like extra time. And it, it's, yeah, like you said, we're like on nature's schedule. We're waking up with the world. Yeah. Watching the world go from dark to light. Yeah. And, you know, on that note, um, finding some lightness and and happiness, uh, what is some advice or one piece of advice you would give young adults, college age students, uh, you know, during this really uncertain, stressful time, especially now as we're venturing into Thanksgiving? How to like just calm down. Yeah, you need to chill the fuck out. Everyone does. Like (laughs) we just all do. Um, We're going to be hit in the face with news. We're going to be hit in the face with like difficult decisions that we have to make and a lot of uncertainty. And I think that that is just inherently stressful. We need to know, we need to take time for ourselves every day to create space to move through all of that stress, or it it does a lot of damage to the body when we don't allow space for it to kind of like flow through us and to be able to self-soothe through it. Like it, it builds up and it can make us feel like, we're really losing it and we're really losing control and we don't have a grip on 
on our mental health. And so um, prioritizing that chill time, I think is key. I think we have, and, and that goes back to like, taking care of yourself is, is the most important thing that you can do for yourself and for the rest of the world. Yeah, absolutely. And that's such an important reminder because it's very easy to lose sight of that, which is so such a basic fact. It's very easy to forget. Thank you so much for coming on to Everyday Endorphins and sharing all of your wisdom. People can find you at the NYC Therapist on Instagram and also at Quarter Life Companion. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was great. I loved being here.